What is going on, everyone? Hey, Welcome hey. to episode number five. We've made it to five, Seth. Five. Of the Bread and Wine podcast. And the question we're asking today is, can I follow Jesus in solo mode? Mm. How about that? Yeah. Our podcast explores the question, what does it look like? What would it look like if we began to engage the world like Jesus? And again, today is, well, can I follow this Jesus if I'm in solo mode? So I figured just to kind of start off, let me at least explain what solo mode is. If there's anyone out there going, what are you, what are you talking about? I think it's pretty self-explanatory. But if you're playing video games or board games or different things like that, you can do these things called solo mode. And that is where you are playing by yourself. And so I want to explore the question. We want to explore the question. Can I truly follow Jesus and live in the potential or not the potential in the desires of his heart, the deep desire of his heart for my life, if I'm doing it uh, solo or in, in solo mode. But I'd like to go a little beyond just that and explain it a little bit more in saying that I believe that we can be in solo mode, whether we go to church or don't go to church. And I, and I want to explain this because I think some people may think that what I mean by this is simply, well, I don't have a family or a community that I'm going to once a week or regularly or whatnot. So are you calling me in solo mode? <clears throat> I want to expand it to also talk about how we could be going to a church every single week, uh, go in, hand our kids to the folks that are behind the children's ministry desk, maybe say hi to them. Uh, go and sit in our seats, sing a few songs. Maybe we shake the hands of our neighbor at some point before the service begins, listen to a message. Maybe at the end of the message before we go home, we say, hey, how you doing? Nice weather today. Yeah, sure. It's, yeah, it's great weather. You know, it's fun conversations that we have and leave. But while we're there, there really isn't any sense of deep community. Yeah or even much community whatsoever. So exploring solo mode, not just meaning <clears throat> we'll have no communion or community with other believers, but also exploring, do I actually have deep community with other believers? And what is God's desire, right? Like, is that okay? Maybe it's totally okay. And so I just kind of wanted to frame it up like that before we dive in. I'm sure you got some stuff locked and loaded to say. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I just wanted to mention on what you're talking about there. Um, I, I think we can go through life without uh, people in our corner um, mm. and without people that we're really living life with. And this is always a, this is always things I always heard. Who are you doing life with? And that was always <laughs> just like the weirdest thing to yeah. me. But um, I guess there is, there is truth in that. It's like, what do you have people that are constantly, constantly in your life, in your daily life? in your regular life that you're in communication with, that you're yeah. with uh, on a regular basis, like befriending them, growing in a relationship. Um, and I think the point that I want to hit on today is helping one another mm. um, and really getting onto the point of if, if Jesus wants us to be one as the body, if he wants us to have unity, what does that unity in the body really look like? Practically. Does it just look like going to an event together and singing some songs? Um, 
or does it look like you are deeply intrinsically involved in almost every aspect of my life and I'm inviting mm. you into that and you're inviting me into that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where Jesus actually wants us to be at um, and, and have both of those, have both of that's those. That's good. Yeah. yeah, so let's address the theological question of does God even want this? Yeah. And I, I would like to start back before time and space even existed and recognize that God has revealed himself to us as a community in and of himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Mm. God isn't even in solo mode. God is community. And then when we go beyond that, we see his dealings with Israel and his relationship with them is always as a people. It is. It's always like, yes, there are individuals. They're part of that. But they're often punished. Like there are punishments on Israel because of individual or small group acts. And God still brings punishment, whether you it's right or we, you think it's right or wrong. If it's God, it's right. Um, whether you think it's right or wrong, but to the whole group of people, because they are and blessings similarly, because they are one. And then when we get into Jesus being incarnational, coming into and tabernacling among us, his presence coming among us, we've spent several weeks talking about things like what is God's plan and, and what is God's mission? Even the first week, Jesus goes fishing, but recognizing that when he called his disciples, when he invited his disciples into his life to follow him, he is inviting them into community with one another and himself. And that community is on mission as a plan. It's not just kind of a, a free for all or just a, hey, let's just get together and get to know each other. It is the fact that he has called them together to be deeply rooted, as Seth's saying, but also to beat with the heart of God for what God is trying to, his desire to accomplish in this world right now. Yeah. Um, I've got a really cool example in the scriptures that we see of this that I think a lot of people overlook, um, but it's it's perfect for kind of what we're talking about, and, and it has to do with um, when Lazarus dies in the scriptures, and, and Lazarus has been dead for a few days. Um, and Jesus has left the place where Lazarus has been buried. And they, they've, they, the disciples and Jesus have left that place um, and traveled a while. They were, they were actually trying to escape a little bit because they were trying to kill Jesus while they were there. Um, but Jesus basically tells his disciples, hey, Lazarus uh, is asleep. Mm. And they're like, what? well, if he's asleep, then, then he'll wake up. Why do we need to go and wake up Lazarus? Yeah. And Jesus says, no, he's dead. He's dead, but, but I'm glad that this is going to happen because it's going to happen for the glory of God. And the disciples, I can imagine them kind of coming together in a huddle because Jesus is like, I'm going to go and see Lazarus. I'm going to go back to the place where they were trying to kill me. They're trying to kill us. I'm going to go back to that place. And the disciples are faced with a decision here. Are we going to go back with Jesus or are we going to stay here? Um, And there's this really powerful moment. I can imagine the disciples huddled up together. It says, then Thomas called twins said to his fellow disciples, Let's go too, so that we may die with him. So there's this, even in the beginning, let us go, let us go. There's this calling of community. And if Thomas doesn't step up and say this, do they go? Yeah. Do they go? And so we see a part of community here being, uh, let's obey Jesus. Let's follow him. Let's just do it. And the whole community coming around that and saying, okay, we're going to go do it. And if they hadn't had that encouragement, you're not sure if they would have even gone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's really important. Um, 
And to go along the lines with them, you know, being obedient and, and following the Lord, Seth, I was thinking as you were talking that if we are not in community with one another, there's really no way for us to be fully obedient to Jesus. I mean, if we shift away from following Jesus as merely a prayer that we pray and salvation that we receive, and following Jesus becomes a lifestyle of wanting to walk in obedience and in relationship with him, there's a number, and I could, pr- I could bring up any number of passages, but there are so many passages where Jesus talks about or Paul talks about how to one another, to bear, for example, one another's burdens. You know, how can, you, how can we be fully obedient to Jesus in these one another's, love one another, if we're doing this in solo mode, if we have chosen to kind of isolate ourselves and so I would encourage those that are listening to even go through, go pull up your Bible app or uh, a website and do a Bible search for the phrase one another and begin to look through it and ask yourselves, am, in, am I in my situation, whether I go to church or not, in a community enough to be able to do these things? And then am I actually participating in those things? Mm, yeah. And even going on to the scripture things, most of the, you know, a lot of the commands that we see in the scriptures um, where you see you do this, you do that, mm-hmm. um, it's actually plural. And so in Southern it playing, is. it would be y'all do this, y'all do that. Yeah. And so y'all are the righteousness <laughs> of God. Right. You are not the righteousness of God. Like in other words, it's y'all. It is a community of believers. Right. You express the righteousness of God as community. Right. And so together we are obeying the commands of Jesus. Yeah. And I can't fully walk out in those commands unless I'm doing it with you, with y'all. That's right. <laughs> so it's this beautiful picture, I think. Of Jesus is saying, I want to restore the body, the mm-hmm. body of Christ, where you, y'all, are so together that, you're, that every aspect of your life is involving someone else. And it matters. Everything yeah. you do matters to someone else <clears throat> in that community that you're in. This is such a vital question, I believe. It is probably the thing, we talk a lot, Seth, that is beating on my heart almost more than anything right now at this time. And it's such a vital question because our culture and our society has become increasingly isolated. Mm. And with COVID, it became even more so isolated. And we can, as I've mentioned several times, do church. Look, we don't have to talk to anybody we can sit on our couches and watch pastors preach sermons. We can listen in on zoom or whatever, you know, media that our church or or community of believers has, and we can become deeply isolated, but it's not just in the church. It's all throughout our society Mm -hmm. that we are becoming increasingly isolated and it's causing, it's one of the causes of increased depression of increased suicide And I am just so strongly convicted that that is because God made us for community. He made us as he is three in one. He made us to do that. And so when we kind of divorce ourselves from community or begin to isolate ourselves from that, then we are not being all of who Christ created us. God created us to be. 
And then that has consequences. Mm. And these are, and it's not like God's like, hey, 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 this is, no. It's that when you're not being who you've been created, if you're trying to take a CD and stick it into a VCR, it just wasn't created for that. So it doesn't work right. Mm. And so we were created for community with one another. And if we don't do it, it has those repercussions. Yeah. So go ahead if you have something to say. I was just going to say it's it's more of an invitation than, a, you know, oh, I'm afraid if I, if I don't do this, I'm going to be messing up. It's more of a yeah. you are missing out if you don't mm-hmm. have this deep level of communal relationship with other believers around you. And I'll just share this really quickly. I struggle with this is a, like a perfect example of this. This this past couple of weeks, I've been really overwhelmed and stressed. I've had just a lot of stuff go wrong at my house. I've had a lot of stuff go wrong with my cars. Um, and it's just been really overwhelming to the point where I was just like almost breaking down and I'm being very real there, but I was in a moment in prayer and God said, why are you not asking for help? Mm. Like, You're helping a lot of people. Why are you not asking for help from the body? And when I had that mindset shift, I started asking for prayer and just texting people, Hey, will you please pray for me? And just I, the amount of calls, the amount of texts that I began to get saying, we're praying for you. We're praying for you. Uh, here's some advice. Here's some wisdom. Even financial support began to came in. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I was just from being overwhelmed with so much ick. I was overwhelmed with so much love. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is the body in action. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. I love it. And we would be lying to you if we told you that it wasn't messy sometimes. Yeah. Right. Overwhelmingly, the amount of times it's so good. And, but yeah, there are definitely times because what Seth did was Seth showed vulnerability. Right. And that's another thing that we have taught our leaders, mm-hmm. uh, people that, that we're with, is that to not be vulnerable, to not show, oh man, Seth doesn't have it all together all the time. And But when we do that and we become vulnerable with people, it, it produces challenges. And I think, and I, the reason I'm saying this is because I, I just, I'm belie- I just feel like right now there's people that are mm-hmm. listening that have been part of community and have had bad things happen, have had people snap at them, have had people even backstab them, gossip about them. Maybe you've been in a place where the leadership or or the believers, the gathering of believers wasn't serving leadership to help you to edify and, and be the fullness of who you are and rather they were like Gentiles lording over you and telling you you have to do things this way and and you've it's caused deep hurt in your life i'm going to encourage you if that's you if it, or any other reasons for along those matters and say jesus went through that yeah jesus went through being with one of his most intimate friends to backstabbing him also his most intimate friends leaving him in his most crucial time in his darkest hour his the disciples just leaving People like Peter denying, people like Judas backstabbing, and yet he still cared for people enough to not say, you know what, Father, forget this. I'm done. Mm. I'm going to submit to you, you can't do that and follow Jesus. You cannot divorce yourself from the body of Christ, even when believers have hurt you Mm. and truly follow Jesus. And I'm going to be very strong in that. You have to get back into it. You have to pick yourself back up. Yeah. And you've got to, you've got to try. We, we, we can't do that. We cannot be, you can't say, we can't say we're following Jesus, but we're not following his bride or his church. Well, that's silly because we are, 
Hmm. The present, we are the tab, the temple of God. We host the presence of God. I can't, it's impossible to divorce the two. Yeah. Yeah. And thinking about your intimate personal relationship with Jesus, I could even sense maybe there's some people on here like, well, I have my intimate personal relationship with Jesus. Why would I need anyone else to help speak into my life other than God? If I've got that deep, intimate time with Jesus, I would say, yes, we need that time. Mm -hmm. That is unbelievably like the most important thing is to have the deep intimacy, relational connection with Jesus. But also, again, we are missing out if we aren't also being vulnerable with brothers and sisters around us who are probably experiencing the same things, who are going to be able to speak into our life and prophesy into our life and help physically, emotionally, mentally, all around us an encompassing, an encompassing covering yeah. of love and peace and grace. Um, and, and to find people that you're going to share your junk with yeah. <laughs> and be able to walk in life with. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to challenge and say, if you're that person, then I guarantee you that if you're walking in intimacy with God, he's going to have you reaching out with to other people. Yeah. Don't tell me God's giving you all these words of prophecy while you sit in your closet and never go out and do anything. <laughs> I'm just being completely blunt. When Jesus said, we, it's our first episode, come follow me and what will I do? I will make you fishers of men. I have a mission. I have a plan. I'm going to call you in to participate. And that involves people. Look, I'm telling you, I get it. People wear me out sometimes. Yeah. There are times whenever I do have to. I understand why Jesus had to go off and pray to the Father, like you're talking about, Seth, alone sometimes. We have to have that. It can be overwhelming. It can be so taxing. I think Seth is he's, you know, he's younger than I am. I think he's understanding more and more how heavy being mm-hmm. in people's lives can be yeah. sometimes. And how yeah. the weight of the, the, the burdens that you're carrying. Because, I mean, when Paul's writing to the Corinthians, he says, if one member suffers, I'll suffer. Yeah. And experiencing that suffering because someone's in the hospital and they're deeply sick and you're laying hands and you're praying for them. And, but you're experiencing that suffering or a couple that you love is getting divorced and you're, you're talking to one side or both sides and it's so freaking heavy Man, even though we go through that, we have to. We have to for one another. Mm-hmm. We have to do that, y'all. And it's a command. It's, it's, it's what God has called us to do. And it's so important. Yeah, it it's, 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 it's just so important. It's, there's no way, I'm adamant, there's no way to do this in solo mode. Mm-mm, no. And just to show the importance um, this was Jesus's kind of final prayer that we actually see get written down in the scriptures yep. um, before his crucifixion. His his whole prayer, John 17, um, it is about being one with each other. And Jesus, first off, he, he prays about being one with the Father. So we, we covered that. But then he prays for his disciples that they would be one with each other. And then he prays for, for all the people that the disciples would reach, which would include me and you, that we have came through that downline uh, yeah. of the apostles. But he says in uh, verse 21, May they all be one mm. as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. And here's a powerful part of this. May they also be in us so that the world may believe you sent me. Yeah. Our oneness with each other shows the world that Jesus is Lord. I am, Seth and I talked about this 
earlier today. Um, I am becoming more and more convinced that our greatest evangelistic tool is togetherness mm -hmm. and showing the world. And now that doesn't mean that we just do our thing isolated together and hope someone comes over to us and says, what's going on? That it's not even remotely what I mean, but I mean that as we're going to bars, as we're going to McDonald's, wherever it is that as we do it as community with one another, that is incredibly powerful and shows the world the love of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that requires more than a once a week thing. It just straight up does. Yeah. It requires, I, I do want to get to this in a second, um, but it requires more than just a superficial or kind of surface level or I kind of know people. It requires a deep brotherhood, sisterhood, mm. a deep relationships with one another. Like Seth and I were um, going to a Mexican restaurant. I don't know if you told me to share this. Maybe I shared this last podcast. If I, I if I did, then my my... Con I was gonna say my condolences, my apologies, <laughs> but like we're just going in there with a couple of our friends, and as we go in, a, a guy says, "What's the basically? What's the deal with you guys? Like you're so joyful, whatever. There's something different about you. Were we going in trying to be happy? No, we just were because we like each other and we're having a good time. Yeah. And he said, you know, did y'all win the lottery? And then our buddy Ethan classic one-liner said we won the lottery 2000 years ago you know just messing around it, it was it, it was funny and but but the reality was was that type of brotherhood doesn't come overnight right that doesn't come seeing each other for a one or two hour and a half on sunday it comes through actually being deeply in people's lives it comes through yeah. crying together it comes through listening to god and praying together serving together going on vacations together. Yeah. And when we have that type of unity, the world sees the love we have for one another and it's incredibly powerful. Yeah. I also want to speak on the power where that power comes from is that we're all united by the the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. and that we're letting the Holy Spirit speak through all of us. We're and we're obeying the Holy Spirit and yeah. and we're producing the fruit of the Spirit because you you can get friends together and go to a Mexican restaurant but that guy saw in Some us joy. Joy. Yeah. He saw peace. He saw love because the Holy Spirit was producing that in us. I I've even I've even heard waitresses and waiters say this that the worst mm. day to be a waiter or waitress is Sunday after church because <laughs> yeah. the people are the rudest and they tip the worst, <laughs> which is, which is, you know, pretty hard to believe, but it's probably true. Um, so you, it's not just about getting together and going and do stuff. It's about that joy, that love, that peace yeah. in the spirit that is happening together. And those yeah. fruits, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control those are being produced yeah. in the midst of our community in the midst of our conversation yep. and we're like we're leaking jesus we're, we're, it's just permeating the atmosphere yeah. because we're letting him have control and dominion over our lives right. over our words over our thoughts over what we're talking about and that is what people see i've tried to do this in semi-solo mode let me say i don't think i've ever just completely isolated myself from the body and or anything but uh, and when I say do this, let me back up and say, be focused on reaching lost people. As I mentioned, evangelism, and it is very difficult. Yeah, it really is. Like 
there's a night and day difference between me going to the gym by myself, us going together wherever we're at. Because not only mm. does it is it is there a one anothering that the world sees between us, a love that they cannot see if I'm by myself. They cannot see a brotherly, sisterly in Christ love by myself. They can feel it as I give it to them, but they can't see it in action. Um, but not only that, but um, oh shoot, I totally forgot what I was gonna say. I feel like you could almost share. I'm sure we've talked about this before, but oh if you were gosh. going this direction, the community that was seen with uh, our friend at the hookah. Bar, I think we shared. Is that, that we were going? I think no. I I, I, I wasn't going to go to that oh, exact okay. spot. Okay, I didn't know. I, I guess what I was just ultimately saying was there's no way for us to do that, you know, isolated. And again, I want to go back to it. Developing that love for one another is a takes a while, mm-hmm. and it takes doing a lot of things together and it takes growing together and it takes maybe even there's fighting or sometimes or, or maybe disagreements minimally, right? Disagreements and stuff like that. Um, but you, but you get to that place. I want to share one thing real quickly and then I'll ask you a question, Seth. Um, Danielle uh, Adams had posted as we're going through the, cause we do this podcast live and I just thought it was really powerful that when we were talking about vulnerability, she said vulnerability is the antidote to shame. And good. if if we're feeling shame, one of that the big pieces is because we haven't learned how to be vulnerable and open up to other people. That is, it is really hard to do. Yeah. If you if you haven't done that, but be able to say, I am going through this and I need help, I need your prayers, so forth and so on. So I don't really want to shift uh, anyways, I just thought that was so powerful I had to share that. But Seth, here's my question. Because we have about five minutes left. What does it practically look like mm, to be in other people's lives? I know we've kind of hit on it, but if it goes beyond a Sunday, what does that actually look like on a day in and day out basis? This is exactly where I was going. So that's perfect. The Lord set, Lord set this up. All right. Teed it up for us. Um, so, I mean, essentially at the bread with the bread, uh, this is what we this is a community of believers in, in Middle Tennessee, for those who don't know. Yes, we're a community, a network of believers in Middle Tennessee that is wanting to see this happen, that is, you know, trying, striving, and listening to God and trying to see this really happen in the way that it's put in the Bible. But um, something amazing has been happening, I think, that I've never really been a part of. Um, in this community that we have, it's like, it's almost like everybody is kind of getting these creative ideas, starting jobs. You're getting real estate. Um, mm-hmm. A friend named Andy has just started a uh, you know, car detailing business. Mm-hmm. Um, our friend Justin, he has a, a tree business. And my friend Nick, he's actually been helping me in my house. He's about to start a plumbing business. Um, and this is just one of the ways I think it looks. But everybody in this community is like actively requesting help from each other depending yeah. on what their gifting is. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I needed help on my house. So what I do, I, I called Nick because I know he does. He knows how to do plumbing. He came over and fixed my sink, and then he's offering to help me in other places. Yeah. Uh, soon I'm going to be calling Justin, and I, I need him to come help me, uh, you know, chop up some stumps. Um, and that's kind of on a larger scale, but on a smaller scale, I think it just looks like inviting people over. Mm-hmm. Like, did you have anybody over at your house this week that you're sharing things with, that you're talking about your kids with? that you're talking about your school with, yeah. um, that you're sharing those deep things with. Uh, and in a very practical way, like who is that person or persons that's on your mind or heart right now? Yeah. Is there someone? 
mm-hmm. that the Lord is highlighting to you that you need to invite over, yep. that you need to ask out, that you need to become better friends with and start doing this with. Just living life together, right. you know? And sometimes we can like, I don't know if this is the right word, but over-spiritualize everything. Like yep. every like we need someone to, to be open enough to fold laundry with us, right? To clean dishes. If I just come over. Mm-hmm. Let's let's hang out. Let's spend time to go have coffee, to have lunch. Everyday life. Yes, it's everyday life, man. And like what he's talking about with the businesses, like the we are like our friend Andy, like fullspeedmobiledetailing.com. I'll just give him a plug, fullspeedmobiledetailing.com if you're in Middle Tennessee. But th- the thing is, is he starts his business and everyone around us is getting our cars and trucks detailed because we love him. Yeah. Because we want to do everything we can to support him. And this is like what it looks like. And then imagine the world seeing from the outside this group of people who's helping each other in businesses, helping each other whenever someone's child is sick, praying for them, bringing food over, you know, doing different things like that. And then going, what, what's the deal? You know, like there is something different. And I just, man, I just, I'm excited to see where we're going. I know there's other groups and communities doing this, but this is what happened in early acts in the book of acts. And people were sharing possessions. People were coming over daily to, to eat with other folks. They were coming into their lives and God's grace and power was on them that it said there was no needy person among them. Mm. And I just think that it's crazy. And the world was seeing this, this, lighthouse that wasn't just stagnant that was going into the world yeah. and it was attractive and the church was growing yeah growing 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 yeah and it even says in there and the lord added to them every day people that were being saved and yeah it, it's so attractive to the world they're like i have got to be part of it that's right so as we end the in the podcast i just feel in my heart that i want to share that um Getting together in community like this is absolutely vital, but it's also absolutely vital that we combine it with what we've been talking about the last several weeks with mission. Because we can get together and have a great time together, but if we're not being incarnational, and that means going into people, other people, and into their messes, and shining that light or showing that type of love, then I really don't believe we're being the fullness of Christ. Cause I think there's a lot of, there are some really good communities that I've been a part of, but we weren't going to places together mm-hmm. to show this love so that other, the unbelief, so that they can see our love for one another. And so living, being part joining a part of a community that is missional, that is listening to Holy spirit, that is praying and seeking to go out is just as vital as being a part of community. I've got something the Lord just put on my heart real quick. You're good. To share. Um, it's it's kind of like this. I, I think a lot of Christians, we go to a meeting or a church or a spiritual gathering event to see a miracle. Mm-hmm. But Jesus wants the miracles to happen in everyday life. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And everyday people in everyday life being spiritual. Yeah. And following Jesus together. That's it. That's right. Like that's we don't what, have to, we, need to we don't have to invite people to hear a great evangelist. Though I'm not hating on that because our lives and our organic conversation goes there. Right. If someone has cancer, we just lay our hands and anoint them with oil and pray for them. Like mm-hmm. it's part of the community fellowship. We don't have to wait for a healing evangelist to come into town. We know that we're part of a community and there are people 
uh, we pray for healing no matter what, but there are also people that God's even gifted even greater. Like, man, there's just anointing on yeah. Seth's life to pray. And like, so let's all get together and lay hands on them. Like that is the, that's the life that, that, that we're called into. But yeah. so as we end, I think we're a couple of minutes over. Um, do you want to share with them about the bread in case anyone's in our area? Yeah. Uh, this is just to end. If you are hungering and thirsting for a community like this and you are in the middle Tennessee area, we of course want to offer you to come be a part of this bread community yeah. that is starting to just really become something special. Um, and we are, we're in middle Tennessee and it's not, it's just, I just say it's hard to explain sometimes because it's not just about coming to a, we might just say, Hey, come and hang out with us. Let's go have coffee. Right. And then over time you start to meet other people that are part of this community. Yes. There are people that are gathering once a week and doing different things, but it's, it's, it's much more relational than just like 10 AM at here. And so I know to say that to say it's kind of weird for people sometimes, right. but John, if they wanted to, to do that, how do they reach out to us? What is, what is the way? Well, if you're, you can go to the bread global if you want to, which we are redoing our website because it's not exactly, um, what we, who we are, um, now is something that we were doing during COVID and you can send a message through there or email the bread global at gmail.com. Facebook message us. My name is John McPeters. If you J O N M C P E T E R S or Insta message me same on both of those platforms. Uh, find us on Instagram, the bread global. That's right. You can send us a direct message on there. Seth Randall, on Facebook. My name is Seth Randall. Yeah. Uh, R A N D A L L. Um, but also want to say this, if, if you're not in the middle Tennessee area and you're like, man, I want to start a community like this. Yeah. Um, you know, we also want to help you do that. So if that's you, uh, please reach out to us on that as well. And we would love to help you start putting a community like that together. Through Zoom or whatever. Right. We could have some like Zoom or phone calls, Zoom conversations or whatever that we would, that's really the heart of what we wanted to do. So Seth, do you want to pray us out? Yes. (laughs) You listening to the Lord? Lord, we bless your name. Yes. Thank you that um, you want this for all of us. Mm-hmm. Not just for a certain people or a certain amount of people. You want deep community for every single person. Um, so if there's anybody listening that's saying, I this is not possible. Father, give them faith. Mm. Give them vision. Uh, bring people and things that they are to do to their mind to begin to step into this and to foster this. Give them courage yeah. and confidence Thank to you, be Lord. vulnerable, um, to share, to share their heart with people, God. Mm-hmm. To not to not do life alone, but to be in community with the body of Christ, yeah. which you died for and rose again for. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, yeah, send us a message or anything like that if you have any questions about any of this. Uh, we are on iTunes and Spotify and Apple Music and all that stuff if you've seen us on Facebook Live or YouTube. And uh, we do this live on YouTube as well. So anyways, until next time, that was episode number five, Can I Follow Jesus in Solomon?